Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You're listening to the Alonement Podcast, a podcast that celebrates alone time. It doesn't matter if you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between. Alonement means valuing that all-important me time. I'm your host, journalist Francesca Spector. Each week, I ask a new guest about the time they spend by themselves and why it matters. My guest this week is illustrator, author, and Instagram sensation Florence Given. That's why you need to spend time alone. You've got to live your life as though no one is going to come in and save you and fill your hole and that you fill that hole yourself. And the metaphor you use for that is that you bake your own cake. Once you have this self-fulfillment and you feel like you can make your own cake, you can satiate your own desires, you can be self-fulfilling. Once you have done that, you don't need crumbs because you've got the cake. You don't need these crumbs of attention that people will flick you in exchange for a place in your life. Florence Given is an illustrator and author whose debut title, Women Don't Owe You Pretty, recently shot to the top of the Amazon bestseller charts. She built a name for herself with her range of cult slogan t-shirts and phone cases featuring powerful feminist messaging such as, Stop raising him, he's not your son. And in 2019, she won Cosmopolitan Magazine's Influencer of the Year. At 21, Florence is wise beyond her years. She plays the cool older sister figure to half a million followers on Instagram, encouraging her fans to have high standards for themselves in relationships and beyond, and to fight all forms of discrimination. Florence Given, I'm so happy to be speaking to you today and thank you so much for making the time because I know that you're in the middle of a really busy publicity schedule. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It's such an exciting time for you at the moment. Your first book, uh, Women Don't Owe You Pretty, it's currently topping the bestseller lists. How does that feel? It's, it's very overwhelming. I it's it's weird it's like I carved out this little part of myself and put it out into the world and it's a lot of to do with relinquishing control I think because this has been this book has been in my mind and in my laptop for over a year and a half and to see it in people's hands in people's houses in different countries and different cities it's really vulnerable and um, so I'm kind of like learning to just let that go because it's it's it was such a it was like a baby and I just birthed it it's, it's a really weird process to go through. Mm, 
Yeah, I can imagine, especially having read the book and knowing how, well, bloody brilliant and also encompassing and expansive it is. I wanted to ask, so I read one of your slogans in the book is, you are the love of your own life. So rooted from that, obviously, you know, that's such an alonement phrase. What does the word alone look like to you as the love of your own life? Alone. I mean, my first my first thought is to be physically alone, but I have spent a lot of my life alone um, ever since I was 14 in school. Um, I was ousted from this clique that I was in. It was this awful high school clique. Um, everyone was horrible to each other. And then I was kicked out of the group. And then I was kind of forced to spend a lot of time on my own. Um, and I chose to spend the time on my own instead of going back to the group. Usually you just like go groveling back in. Um, but I decided to stay out and to put up with the, the bullying that came with being out of the group because I knew that the person I was becoming was going to be worth it. And I knew that staying out of this um, group mentality and trying to find out my own desires and who I am as a person outside of a group influence was going to be so fucking worth it. And um, I spent the next few years, I had friends outside of school, but in school it was very, I literally would imagine myself in a bubble to um kind of put up with the environment that I was around and I think that has a lot to do as well with being very empathic person and take on other people's emotions and stuff so it was almost like this uh envisioned boundary that I had around other people's projections of me and I did this thing once where I laid in the middle of a field and I was I was doing these things where I wanted to come outside of my comfort zone um to push myself to um how do I say it to push myself, to push myself to grow, because you're not, you're not going to grow if you're always comfortable, right? So I did this, one of my biggest fears at the time was um, being judged by other people and not having control over other people's perceptions of me. And um, I laid in the middle of this field where all the people from my school went, or they were just like girls hanging around. And I laid in the middle of this field and put my earphones in, listened to one song. And I was like, if I can lay in the middle of this field and look like a fucking weirdo, get through this um then I can do anything and I laid there and it was like I literally pushed through this barrier that I had um of other people's perceptions of me and then from then on I've just kind of enjoyed my alone time so much I love I love being alone because I get to be myself without the influence of other people's desires and living up to other people's expectations of me and I think being a woman living under patriarchy there's always going to be some kind of expectations that you are performing to whether you're in a relationship or not whether there's a person in the room or not you know we all um we're all products of the society that we're brought up in so you're still going to be uh, questioning whether your desires are yours or if they're a product of society anyway but I think to me being alone is I love being alone I love it because I have myself and I think um, once you get to know all the darkest parts of yourself and you interrogate those parts and you integrate those parts with your consciousness that's when you think that's when you can really begin to love your own company and then anyone else who comes into your life will just be an addition to that wholeness wow you know what I think that's such an amazing story because for a 14 year old you know at, when you're that age school like the cliques at school they seem like absolutely everything and 
you know, I I only really learned to spend time alone, God, like probably when I was about 26, 27, you know, having, having the strength of character as a teenager at the most vulnerable stage of your life, I think that says a lot about you as a person. And it just, you know, it shows to me that incredible strength that I see coming from the book and from, you you know, everything that you post on Instagram. And I think, um, you know, and so firstly, I just want to say, I absolutely really admire that. And what, what do you think, where do you think this strength came from to be able to say, look, this clique isn't everything I can, I can choose to be outside of it? I don't know. I think it's, um, you never, you never have to change if you're not uncomfortable. And I think I was very uncomfortable in this clique. I didn't like the person I was becoming. I didn't like the stuff that I would have to do to stay in this clique, which usually involved belittling other women um, or just being loud and disruptive in class and all of this kind of stuff that you would do to please the, 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 because the, there was a hierarchy in the group and there was a girl on the top and you would do anything and then they would replace you and bring someone new in to make you feel, it was, it was almost like a cult, right? High school cliques are like cults because you have to earn your keep and all this horrible stuff. Um, and I actually, I, the reason I was ousted from the group was um, I was kind of starting to drift apart from them anyway and I'd kind of stay friends with them uh, intermittently within lessons and stuff. And then uh, I confided in a friend that I had an eating disorder and she told everyone in the school, including the, the, the girl who was in the clique. And then it became, I was the person then who was uh, ousted from the group and they were expecting me to come back in but I didn't I stayed out um so it was this uh yeah I think the best decision I ever made was choosing myself over um the validation that comes from being in this group and it was just the hardest thing ever and I think any decision I've ever made that has completely flipped my life upside down and put me through so much discomfort was because I told myself that I deserve better than this and also you become such a toxic person when you do surround yourself with these people you know and I didn't like the trajectory of my life in that group and I didn't like the um the, the, the comforts that are afforded with with being and enabling this kind of stuff just it wasn't worth it to me anymore and um I decided I made you know I made lots of friends outside of school instead and then once I left it was like oh thank god I don't have to be in this environment anymore and another time I did that was when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend a couple years ago um that was another time where I decided to walk into my own arms into the complete unknown because I'd been with him for three years and it was uh, a, like uh, it burst my bubble when he, he called me a bitch you know the whole relationship was it was it was an abusive relationship in every single way possible and um but hearing that word bitch for some reason burst my bubble and made me realize that I'd become a doormat to this man that I'd become a doormat to everyone everyone else's expectations of me and that this was just a repetition of high school right me living to serve someone else's desires and it was my first relationship I had nothing to compare it to and that's why I won't shut up about it today I want other women to um know that you always deserve better than even if someone's just boring and you're dating them and you're putting up with them because the validation of being in a relationship in this society as a woman, um, it, it makes us feel great just saying that we have a partner. Um, that, that That's not worth it. That is not worth suffering. It's not worth um, 
like being alone it's 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 not it's scary because you have to face yourself and I think that's why I was in this situation for so long um as well as I can't even explain in a sentence the complexities of being in an abusive relationship but um I, I was afraid of being alone and having to face myself and having to face who I was outside of serving someone else's needs, which is again, codependency. And um, that was a pattern that I had. And I think the only way to break that pattern is to spend time alone where your desires are not being pushed and pulled by what somebody else wants and needs from you. And I think as women, we are socialized to anticipate everyone else's needs around us. And I was just repeating that role that women are encouraged to fall into in my first heterosexual relationship. So, um, yeah, I think any choice that I've made in my life, which has been me saying, you know what, I deserve better than this, um, has been so amazing for my growth. And also for me to reflect on the behaviors that I exhibited in this dynamic that were toxic or that did, um, that were manipulative, like being passive aggressive or giving silent treatment, all this kind of stuff, that is manipulation. And um, reflecting on the person that I became in these dynamics is how I grow. I'm not gonna, um, something I do encourage with my community on Instagram and in my book is accountability because you cannot change unless you face those parts of yourself because if you're continuously pointing the finger at everyone else, you're never gonna change. You're just, you're just gonna stay in this, um, this mindset of suffering and making yourself um, entirely the the victim and this like this pure soul when that is not the case. You you it, it's impossible to be perfect. You were so wise. <laughs> I would love to hear more about your relationship and in what ways it was abusive and and how you were able to overcome that abuse and recognize that I'd rather not talk about that because it's very and I'm sure you understand it's um it's a very I'm babe I'm in therapy it's it's not something I'd feel comfortable disclosing um because it was horrible um but I I was in an abusive relationship and that's that and I it's not a case of overcoming it it's a case of looking back through this new lens that I have, through researching psychology, um, through following therapists on Instagram, from going to therapy myself, through reading articles, all of this information, which is in, in a very niche community, I've tried to make it so accessible to women my age, because women my age follow me on Instagram who don't even talk about feminism. They, um, they don't even have these conversations about abusive relationships because, uh, quote unquote, abusive relationships are just, you know, that's when it's extreme and it's and it's some man in a wife beater vest like this is the image that we have in our head of abusers but they're not abusers are in our lives you know and it's, it's the same it's the same with rape culture you know 90 percent of committed rape is by someone the victim already knew so this image that we have of rapists about you know a man throwing someone down an alleyway is completely false they are not these monsters that lurk around they are in our lives and part of what i want to do is unpack this image that we have and just show people um, and particularly women because of how we are socialized to believe that we need to be doormats to prove our worth um i want my work to show women these early signs um so that they don't so that they can spot these behaviors first and a lot of the things i talk about are manipulation gaslighting which we all actually can be guilty of doing ourselves um, because it's this unconscious 
we haven't, everyone has an ego. And if someone's telling you something that is new information, our ego will do anything to get defensive and to not welcome this perspective. And I'm sure we're all seeing a lot of this right now in the current climate with everyone talking about Black Lives Matter and with the Black Uprising. Uh, thank God so much is changing now and the majority, white people, we're waking up. But you can see this defensiveness, right? We, we've been told our whole lives as white people that... Um, we are superior and we buy into this superiority on an unconscious level. So when someone tells us, when a black person goes on the news and says, white people are racist, all white people are racist, we get defensive. We say, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a racist. I'm this, I'm blah, 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 blah. When actually we just need to open our minds to the fact that different people experience different realities. So that in itself is, is gaslighting but that's emotional abuse so it, it happens all the time um these forms of emotional abuse but on a relationship level you can start to doubt your i didn't know who the hell i was in this relationship i um i would see my ex do something confront him about it and he would say that never happened and it got to the point where i would record conversations with him the morning after and then have to play it back to him to prove what he said to me and that if, if that ever happens to you you just need to run you need to get the hell out of there because anyone who is denying your lived experience that much um is most likely a narcissist and you're most likely experiencing narcissistic abuse and i have had to learn all of this stuff through reading books reading podcasts to better understand my experiences so that it doesn't happen again. And that I can use my voice, my book, my platforms, my artwork to encourage women to also spot these behaviors in an accessible way. Because some girl who's my age, some girl who's 21 and in a relationship with a man who is um, denying her feelings and is emotionally abusing her, is shaming her, is guilting her into having sex, but she feels like she owes it to him because it's her boyfriend. That's, that's manipulation. That's emotional abuse. But that, that, that is not okay. But because of these norms that we have, um, they, they become normalized and they become accepted. And I'm here to poke holes in that. That is absolutely true. And I think it's so important to talk about gaslighting. I think that's one of the most important conversations that's happening at the moment around abuse, because it is, it's such a common experience that you will be made to feel crazy or, or even, you know, your, your most basic needs or perceptions aren't valid. And so I think it's so important that you've highlighted that. Thank you also for asserting your boundaries with what you're prepared to talk about, because I think that's such an important message for everyone you know I think we live in a culture where on social media people are very open you know you share a lot of your lived experience in your book but I think it's also important for listeners to know that you can you know you can also have boundaries mm -hmm. sometimes you're digesting something and it's not the time to speak about Absolutely. it I think it's really interesting when we speak about being single how quite often the word alone is used in a way that's synonymous, you know, you say single and alone. Do you necessarily think those words work together? I think they can be, but I think there's this, we do live in a very heteronormative society where these narratives are pushed onto women to couple up. And again, that the whole, the whole, it, it, you know, marriage was rooted. If you look at the roots of marriage and the root of forcing people to couple up with each other, it was about owning women and their bodies as your as your property, you know, and I, I speak about this in my book, but there, uh, before 1991, you could legally rape your wife. 
it raping your wife wasn't even a thing because she was yours to own you know so if you look at the root the, the roots and the history of marriage you know, if, if a man raped another man's wife it wasn't a crime against a wife it was a crime against the man on his property and if you raped a, an unmarried woman it was a crime against the father and it's marriage is rooted in this ownership of women's bodies and of course it's changed now but if you look at the way we uh we navigate relationships today it's still in this very archaic way where women feel guilty about not having sex with their partner and um i think this this whole the history of people coupling up it's 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 um it's diffusing now so it's it's less prominent in that way you know um but it still exists and this whole nature of forcing people to couple up and feeling lonely if, if you're not in a couple is reinforced everywhere you go when you are single you know for, for women in particular you are told that you know there must be something wrong with you and the fact that there's you know is, there's a word for single men it's bachelor and it's almost this amazing title that they're given that like oh better get him quick but with women it's like you're the last one on the shelf and it's and, and you know as though we actually have a shelf life past our fertility and it's it's all, all of this all of this language is so um invasive and it's so insidious because it does it does get to us you know to the point where we would rather stay in an abusive relationship and normalize that abuse than be single because we are so afraid of being alone of being seen alone of what that might mean about being alone and it's different for people as well it's a cultural thing for some people it's part of their culture to marry this and, and, and do all this kind of stuff and i don't want to ignore that but speaking from my experience i was so afraid of being alone because i think i didn't know my worth outside of um, meeting someone else's needs and neglecting mine in the process and again that is codependency but women are socialized into this normalized codependency that we won't even call it that because that's just how quote-unquote women are you know uh, women are caregivers no we're socialized to be caregivers and then expected to give all that care to men and yeah it's it's all of these stereotypes i mean i don't feel alone because i have myself you know i think i was so afraid of so for so long of being single because i i needed someone to validate my importance um by them needing me and now that i am single I pour my energy into my work, into my, my platonic friendships. I go on, well, at least I used to go on lots of dates, obviously we're in lockdown right now, um, but I used to go on lots of dates. I love learning about myself through other people. Um, I learn so much about my emotional triggers just by going on dates and what makes me feel uncomfortable. And then I go home and I'll think, why did that make me uncomfortable? Um, I view people as mirrors, every single conversation. And um, if I feel uncomfortable, um, I question whether it's them and they're being rude or is it something I need to um, think about? Was I triggered or did they actually say something harmful? And um, I, yeah, I love being single because I'm just constantly learning about myself. Yes, I think often we can talk about dating as a negative space, but I think when you go into it from a confident space, dating can be a really amazing way to learn about yourself. So you identify as queer, yeah. um, which is a term that some listeners might not quite understand the complexity of. Why do you identify as queer rather than bisexual for those who... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You might not understand it. So I identify as both. My sexuality is bisexual, right? I am bisexual um, and I'm attracted to people of all genders. There's this common misconception that bisexuality is trans exclusive because it says bi, but it's absolutely not. Um, bisexuality means attraction to same and other genders. So I am attracted to human beings. I love human beings. Um, and I use the term queer because queer is a political term. And queer, um, it acknowledges the plight of being, it acknowledges the politics of being a bisexual person or of being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And some people can be bisexual and they can be gay, but they might not necessarily be queer because queerness you know like that there are so many uh cisgender gay white men who would never use the term queer or people wouldn't call them queer because they are so privileged and they don't even think about politics they don't even think about the politics of being queer or the politics that um black trans women in the same community have it um worse than them i think it's queer is this political um is a political label it says I am, I am my sexuality and you know, that's, that's who I date. That's who I fuck. That's who I fall in love with. But also I acknowledge that this is political. It's a bit like, you know how some uh, white people we say, Oh, I don't see color. Right. And it's this bullshit. All lives matter kind of garbage. It's a bit like in the queer community. It's a bit like, Oh, I just, you know, it's like uh, love is love. It's like, yes, love is love, but it's political because we still don't have the same rights in other countries. We're still, have homophobic threats you know girls get beaten up on the on the tube for kissing each other all of this kind of stuff saying that you're queer says that you acknowledge the politics being 
a bisexual or gay person. It's this word that has been reclaimed by queer people, but some people don't want to use it because they remember a time where it was used against them as a slur and it's still painful for them. And that is also very fucking valid. If someone doesn't want to call themselves queer uh, because of the pain that it is associated with that word for them, that's also valid. I think language is really important yeah. being able to express the complexity of that concept. And yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. And, and for you, you know, you've grown up, you know, I imagine that you've grown up in a much more progressive time I imagine that you know when you were at school people were coming out already whereas people of a you know of an older generation might not have had that yeah I mean there were a few gay girls in school but people weren't nice to them you know it wasn't yeah it wasn't that they were bullied but people would you know no one would want to sit next to the gay girl and stuff like that um and I think I mean I'm 21 I haven't been in school since I was well 16 so that's like five years ago so I've not been in school for like five years I I expect that even the teachers have more of an awareness of it now I expect that I hope that there is more awareness of it um in schools yeah and do you think that's do you think things have accelerated in terms of change do you think that's maybe a social media thing absolutely it's a social media thing because people particularly marginalized people are now able to tell their own stories and take control of their own narrative um, there's no white person on the news doing it for them and demonizing them and using awful pictures of them to portray for example black people as quote-unquote thugs that's what Donald Trump is doing right now but with social media black people are able now to tell their own stories and to tell their own narratives queer people can tell their own narratives uh, straight people now get to see that queer people aren't these sexually deviant people you know, with the whole AIDS crisis, they were portrayed as sexually, and that's where the myth comes from. It's, it's that we, queer people were portrayed as these sexually different people who just wanted to have sex with everyone and we were a threat. So now we get to control our own narrative and show people that that's not true. And I think social media has had such an enormous part to play in all of this stuff. I wouldn't know about abuse and relationship abuse if it wasn't for social media and being introduced to these terms such as gaslighting. I would not be able to talk about my own experience with such confidence if I also didn't see other people doing so. We spoke earlier about the term alone and you said that you're now very comfortable with being Mm -hmm. alone. When does alone turn into loneliness? for you is that something you still experience of course of course I mean I live on my own and I have been in lockdown since March so how how was that March April May June July so like five months almost um on my own entirely you know I've gone for a couple bike rides with a friend who lives nearby and that's about it um I think absolutely I get bouts of loneliness I'm a human being I need touch I need um I miss not not I need I miss touch I miss human beings I love human beings Francesca I love people I love um I just think human beings are great and I definitely miss people and there's you know there have been times where because what because I do live on my own as well and all of this is taking off now it's a lot to sit with your thoughts and to um and also being an influencer and having a platform it's constant critique it's not natural to hear what thousands of people think of you every single day you imagine walking down the street and then everyone's saying what they thought of you on the spot that is what it's like when you have a platform so I think not being able to be around people at the moment it's just very it does feel isolating um but I just FaceTime my friends lots you know I think so on the term loneliness I think I feel lonely when I'm feeling low 
so when I'm low on um and I need I need like a I need a friend to tell me stop this you know you, you deserve better than this or you um stop your mind going there like da, 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 da. when I'm feeling low that's when I feel lonely and I noticed a pattern I wrote this in my book that on Sundays when I was hung over I would go on dating apps like almost instinctively when I was hung over I wouldn't even be feeling shit about myself I would just be hung over bored and then I would grab my phone and go on dating apps because I was feeling yeah bored lonely and that would be the time where I would go on dating apps and it's the worst time to go on dating apps when you're lonely because that's when you enter the territory of settling for less than you deserve because um you're you're not thinking you're not you're kind of just wait, grabbing for this quick fit. So you're not thinking about your standards. And that is definitely a pattern I noticed, which is really interesting. It's so true. I think, uh, I actually think I read a stat that Sundays are the biggest time for yep. dating. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I don't think it's just because people have the time. I think, you know, the Sunday blues are real. Yeah. Completely. And so loneliness is something you associate with those low mo- moments of living alone because of course you know when you when you do live alone I've, I've also lived alone throughout this time then you you're physically alone a lot so you sort of realize the nuance that you know alone doesn't always mean lonely because otherwise you'd be lonely all the time yeah yeah I am um, I love living on my own I hate the idea of having another person in my space to be honest <laughs> but um uh, yes, yeah, so this has been really great. Like the um, being alone, it's not it's something I'm used to. So I can, and also I think I'm quite introverted, despite my personality. Um, introversion is obviously where you get your energy. So extroverts get the energy from being around people. Introverts get the energy from being on their own. And I definitely need to be alone to charge my batteries and um, to do, yeah, to, to feel whole again. I need that time alone. Um, and so this has been okay for me being be, spending time alone and I'm also not afraid to face myself and to face the parts of myself that need healing or the ugly parts that need expecting or lies that I've been telling myself about um who I am and then unpacking them and realizing that that was something I told so I could just stay comfortable and safe I like diving deep into myself so this whole thing has just been I've kind of taken this situation and tried to use it as a another catalyst for growth do you think that loneliness in itself can be an emotion that educates you and helps you learn about yourself absolutely I, I think everyone everyone needs to spend time alone because if if you don't you're constantly going to be seeking distractions to um avoid facing yourself and you're ultimately going to just be replacing those distractions and replacing you know some people overlap relationships because they don't want to be alone and they'll find someone else to fill the hole of the person that just left them but you need to learn to fill that hole with yourself because if you're constantly you know if you've got this void inside you and you you know there's the phrase how to get over someone get under someone else and although that will temporarily feel fucking fantastic um and it will feel like this high you know a new attraction a new partner or whatever what happens when they go? The hole is still there. You've just filled it with another person and you need to work on filling that hole yourself. And I talk about um, the cake and crumbs metaphor 
uh, in my book and I extended that metaphor it's very popular in the psychology community um, but I extended it to say that you need to if you're always hungry you will accept crumbs because crumbs look amazing when you're hungry right and you need to learn you cannot even think about asking someone for the cake for the, you know for the treatment that you deserve if you're starving because you just don't even you just want what you can get right and I think there's that other quote that's, you know, you accept the love you think you deserve. And if you've never been shown alternatives, if you've never been shown alternatives to abuse, to shit treatment, you're not, you just don't even know it exists. You don't even know that you deserve better. And that's why you need to spend time alone. You've got to live your life as though no one is going to come in and save you and fill your hole and that you fill that hole yourself. And the metaphor you use for that is that you bake your own cake. And you refine the recipe, you, you, you try it. And that's what I view dating like. It's refining my recipe. It's learning what, what spoils the mix for me and what makes it a delicious fucking cake. And then once you have this, this self-fulfillment um, self and you feel like you can make your own cake, you can satiate your own desires, you can be self-fulfilling. Once you have done that, you don't need crumbs because you've got the cake. You don't need these crumbs of attention that people will flick you in exchange for a place in your life. In fact, being in your life is a privilege. The audacity of someone to show up with a crumb and think they deserve a place in your life. And I think that that's how I apply it with, with dating and, and friendships and everything now is that if you are... You, you, have, you have to do the, you have to sit through that uncomfortable period of being on your own to figure out who you are and what your desires are without the influence of another person. Well, I was absolutely cheering as you said that. And <laughs> as I read this part of the book, I think this should just be compulsory reading. If they would just put this on the <laughs> curriculum, you know, everyone before they leave school, before they even consider dating another human being, if they could um, just... This is the book gosh. I wish I could have whacked over my head when I was younger um, because all of this stuff, no, like this is what I mean. I want my book to be an accessible entry point for people to feminism to this very important stuff and these discussions of emotional abuse and psychology and also um internalized misogyny and to stop viewing other women as your competition and view them as these people who you can be inspired by and help out and care for each other under this patriarchy that we all live in and i think yeah but again if I didn't make those mistakes I would not be writing this book I just think there's so oh god I look back at so many points in my life and I just cringe so much at the person I was and but I, again that's that's a sign of growth right but I think this this book is absolutely the book I needed when I was younger um and I want to encourage the introduce these concepts to people so that they don't think that it's an, this intimidating academic thing you know I think there's a lot of gatekeeping around feminist discourse because people you know I am very well read on on feminism but I don't expect other people to be that well read on feminism because it is such there's so many discussions and I think it's important that there are accessible books for people to um you know to take bite-sized information from and then go to do their own research on the stuff that feels important to them and then campaign for that if they want to you know I want to see other people talking about abuse I I, I want I want girls to be meeting up for coffee to talk about the red flags they noticed on a date as opposed to ignoring them you know like I have done so many times I, I want there to be this discussion amongst women um all the time 
You spoke earlier about being an introvert and I love speaking to introverts because I think, you know, for me, I'm an extrovert and it took me a really long time to learn to love spending time alone. And I think to introverts, you know, it it comes as a sort of, it's a natural inclination. And I think that that's a real positive and something that's perhaps not celebrated enough in this extrovert centric society. So Alonement is a platform I created to effectively unlearn everything that I'd learned about time alone and 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 realize its value for you what what is what is your alonement time what is what is the time that sort of brings you that strength and and that you value the most so the time I love spending with myself is the time where I do something for myself that no one else is witnessing but it's me and my highest self is like it's like everything that I do is me trying to be my highest self my highest um yeah my highest self I think my highest self is a Florence Florence Given who says no when she wants to say no she speaks on her desires she doesn't feel embarrassed about her desires she speaks on her discomfort and tells people when they're making her feel uncomfortable and she holds herself accountable she respects people's boundaries she doesn't get defensive all of this kind of stuff that this is like that's like my highest self and all the steps I have to take to be that person are very uncomfortable, but it's just me. I'm the only person who could hold myself accountable, you know? And I think it's in these moments where I do something that gets me closer to being uh, my higher self when I've lived a life of being not my lowest self, rather the survival mode floss who was reflecting her environment and projecting her securities onto other women or not being the best person she could be because she was in survival mode she was trying to survive and I think breaking out of that environment is and being alone is where I get to work on myself and I spend so much time alone and I'm a very growth oriented person so I think my my perspective on I don't know if this is like really miserable but my perspective on life is that if I'm not growing I'm like I'm going backwards like I'm I'm devolving I'm not evolving and I think I view every situation as an opportunity for growth and I trust myself to handle situations that are uncomfortable because I, I know I've got this, you know, and I think it's having those little moments with myself where I tell myself it's going to be okay because I trust you to handle this. I trust you to be okay. Um, I think it's, it's cultivating that self-trust and in the moments where I really love myself and I love my alone time are when I go outside of my comfort zone. I've said this recently in quite a few interviews that I've been going on bike rides and I used to be, oh, I have so much social anxiety, particularly as my platform is rising. Um, there's all of this kind of new anxiety that I have around being in public spaces on top of street harassment from men. And now the sun's out, wearing less clothing, feeling anxious about that. But I've been going on bike rides and I love it. And I love it. I love doing this thing for myself where it's just me listening to music, going for a bike ride and feeling like I'm taking myself out of my comfort zone every single time I do it. And I'm safe because I'm on a bike. And um, also there's less men on the streets to harass me now because of coronavirus. So again, it's this, this environment has kind of um, allowed me to do that because there's less people on the streets. But yeah, th- those moments where I'm alone, I have self-trust. I trust myself to um, do, there, there's nothing better than living a life that is in line with your desires. Um, and in those moments of being alone, it is just you. So I think knowing now that I am out of this abusive relationship, that I have let go of friendships where I was manipulated, 
that now knowing that I can just do things for me and no one else is witnessing it. It's not, it's not performative. It's not going on Instagram. It's not for a job. It's not under capitalism. I'm just doing this. I'm going for a walk and it feels great for me because I'm doing this personal thing to reach my highest self who doesn't care what other people think of her and is putting herself in a vulnerable position in my mind. But what's vulnerable to me isn't vulnerable to a white cisgender man who goes for runs at 2 a.m. You know, he'd be like, what? It's vulnerable for you to go on a bike ride? But again, it's everyone has different realities. So yeah. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I also often speak to male friends and again, pre-pandemic, they'll say, oh, you know, I was just walking home from that night out because it was a nice night. And I'll think you just can't do that. It's only white men as well, because black men don't do that because of the very real threat that faces them walking home. So again, there's so many intersections to these conversations and um, everyone has different realities about how they show up in the world and how people respond to them. It's so true. And it's so important to acknowledge that. Do you still manage to find joy in a night by yourself now and and what does that look like for you I think it's just like hanging out with my best mate you know like that that's what it's like with me I um I enjoy my own company so much I love putting music on and like dancing in the mirror and it feels like I'm just hanging out with my best mate myself (laughs) um I think yeah it's because I don't um I don't work a nine to five so it's not like I'm with people all day and then I get home and I'm like oh my alone time alone time is my life you know so it's I've had to get used to being on my own a lot to the point where now it's opposite and I miss seeing people because I work alone and I even when I when I was writing my book that was so isolating there were a lot of times where it was hard for me to write and I like I cried in meetings sometimes because I was going through I was going through something in my personal life that was awful and I felt so alone in it because I was writing this book as well and there was so many points in in writing the book that felt lonely that felt I had no one to talk to about my experiences or what I was going through and yeah I think my alone time now is I love it but I'm so used to it that I'm like okay maybe we can start opening up to other people now like I have a very close circle of friends um and I love them so much but I don't like I get anxious about going out in public now it's everything everything's changing and in on top of you know the lockdown and everything my profiles got bigger and before it was even um uncomfortable to go out so now it's like all oh, this everything's kind of forcing me to be more alone which is very interesting that's fascinating and I think that's really important to acknowledge isn't it because you know alone time it is you know you need the balance I think that I you know my important lesson last year was that being social needed to be balanced with having solitude and I think that you know when you, when there's nothing but solitude then you you start to realize that the opposite is also very true yeah you can kind of um I get, get, get so used to this life you know me being on my own that it can go the other way you could um but again I'm, I'm so I make sure that I'm always checking myself in on that and not isolating myself and not getting accustomed to this um this life I've created where I do enjoy my own company but I don't think you can ever enjoy your own company too much I think it's wonderful and it actually just it just helps you keep your standards high this is the whole point of this journey of being single is that you stay alone so that you don't need um the crumbs of people or you don't accept uh, a shit love because it's what you think you deserve because you know yourself you know you're good on your own 
So why the hell would you settle for crumbs or something that is not nourishing and doesn't feed you properly mentally and spiritually when you do that yourself? You know, you have yourself. Why would you settle for less? That's absolutely it. And I think that's a brilliant note to end on. Floss, it's been so great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Alonement Podcast. If you liked this episode, please do rate, review or subscribe. It makes a big difference to helping other people find us. Until next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.